Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast Underdog Edition. I am happy to be joined by my new coworker, uh, Logan. We I just started at TWSN. Logan's been there a little while. I just started there a couple weeks ago, so I'm happy he joined me. How you doing, my man? Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Like I said, we just uh, we just started working together, so I'm really excited to uh, talk about, with him about some fantasy football. We're going to put out some fantasy football content this year. I'm sure we'll be do it, doing some collaborations. Um, with that, just got to pay a quick round of bills really quick. We are uh, brought to you by WinBet. This is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. So I figured, you know, I usually don't get a chance to break down all the weekend's games just because I usually get, you know, I have to dive into the underdog stuff because there's so many games. But, you know, with all there only being six this weekend, I figured that's where we'd start off with. The first game of the weekend, San Francisco and Seattle. The game started off tight, but then San Francisco pulled away in the second half. It was an excellent performance by Brock Purdy. You have any big takeaways, my man? What do you think about that San Francisco offense going forward, led by the last pick in the draft? I mean, I think this offense looked a lot better with Brock Purdy on the set. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like when Jimmy Garoppolo played for like, I think it was about like four or five games before. I mean, they they were having a pretty good year. Like they were like still in, winning the NFC. They were still top of the NFC West. But now Purdy, I mean, they've won what, like eight games in a row since he's been on the center. I mean, I think right now, if you're looking at this Niners team, I think they're the team to beat in the NFC. It's, it's hard to overlook this Niners team because Brock Purdy has really turned turn his offense into something pretty special. And, and the game against Seattle was no exception because he looked phenomenal, especially in the second half, making doing all these trick plays, just, just scrumming around in the pocket, looking kind of like Patrick Mahomes-esque, just making great plays. And the defense, after struggling the first half, played a really good second half. They really got after Gina Smith, held Seattle score within the second half. And I was kind of surprised that the first half was close because the Niners have dominated Seattle, the both things they play in the regular season. But I think what we're seeing right now from the 49ers, my, my biggest takeaway is that Brock Purdy is making this Niners offense look unstoppable and they're, they're the team to beat in the NFC. I'm um, heading down to, to the divisional game this weekend and heading to the hopefully Super Bowl run. Hey, you know what? That, that's not a bad pick. I was underestimating Brock Purdy going into the weekend. I on, We did a hot takes um, article on TWSN last week, and I put my hot take was that Seattle was going to cover the spread, and I put San Francisco on upset alert. In the first half, I was yeah. feeling good about that. Put Brock Purdy uh, – like I said, he just looks so good throwing the football. Like, you know what I mean? When he steps back and throws, I, you know, I, that looks like a completion to me. You know, I do I do see some – you know, those balls kind of start uh, – fluttering up in the air a little bit, kind of on those longer throws to the perimeter a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, the San Francisco offense, the, Kyle Shanahan so good at scheming people open. I don't think it's going to be much of a problem. You know, it is a disappointing end for Geno Smith. It was an excellent story. Do you have any take, you know, do you have any uh, takeaways for Geno Smith during the offseason? Do you see him being the Seattle quarterback next year? I don't because I think okay. right now, I think Seattle has um, one of the Broncos' top five picks in the draft because the Broncos finished what, with only five wins. I think right now, Seattle's probably going to go after a quarterback, whether whether that's, that's in Brady's shoot or the draft. We told you the draft, but I mean, look at all these quarterbacks who are in the draft. I mean, I don't think Bryce Young's going to fall in that lap, but you got TFC, just Stroud, who declared for the draft. You got Will Levis. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think what we saw in December when Seattle was kind of when they were on that three-game side, we, we finally saw that, hey, Seattle 
finally played some good teams and they finally were exposed who they really are. I mean, they're an okay team, but Geno Smith had a great year, probably will, will become a player of the year, but I don't think he's the long-term answer for Seattle down the road. I think they have to get a quarterback and I think it's going to be in the draft. And who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe we do see Geno Smith next year, but in my opinion, I don't think he'll be, a, I don't think he'll be the starter for, for Seattle next year. You know, I think a lot might depend on if what, who, how Will Levis falls in the draft. You know, it seems like we yeah, have the top yeah. two selections. It'll just be, you know, is he a top five pick or not? Does the NFL see him that way? That'll kind of be a big question, I think. For sure. For sure. You know, we'll, we'll get into the next game. Uh, this game was incredible. You know, the L.A. Chargers oh, got upset by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, we were making fun of Trevor Lawrence. I thought oh, I have so many <laughs> dynasty shares of Trevor Lawrence and fantasy football. I was panicking in the first half. I thought all the value that he built up, he was just going to get made fun of all offseason. But now I think we're right back to where we were to start the game. It was a roller coaster. Uh, four interceptions in the in the first half to was it five touchdown passes? Four or five touchdown? Four touchdown passes in the second half. Yeah, and then Hunter uh, Samuel Jr. had three picks alone. Two Chargers teams was just dominating my game. That is nuts. I cannot believe it. Uh, like I said, I am, I have been on Trevor Lawrence for a long time, so I was excited to see him. You know, Chris, he got the whole offense going. Uh, Travis Etienne had over 100 yards rushing. Christian yeah. Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram had a great game. You think these are going to give it, are these Chiefs any trouble this weekend? I think so, because I think right now they're, they're on a six-game winning streak. I mean, the last time they lost, I think, was against Chiefs, maybe not, but, like, I, I forget when they – I know that they, they lost in it, but they kept it close. But it's going to be a tough environment. I mean, Kansas City is number one seed. It's always tough playing in there. I think if, if they're going to give um, – if they're going to have a chance, they can't have a first half like they had against Chargers. I mean, Chargers, they've had a tendency of, of blowing leads all year long. I, I've, I've seen them play. But when you're against – but when you're on the road in Kansas City and you fall behind early – it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to climb back in. Trevor Lawrence is going to have to play a whole lot better than he did, and did in the first half. And I think it's possible, but it's going to be tough. Doug Peterson has to coach a really good game. You have to like Lawrence has to limit the mistakes. You no know, picks. He's got to like offense. He's got to go toe to toe with the Chiefs' offense because we all know that the Chiefs' offense can explode at, at any time. So, and the Chiefs they had an, an extra week to, to prepare too. So they are they're, they're going to be ready for a Jaguars team that's won six games in a row. No, I, I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so I, I know how much our defense struggles. Unfortunately, I expect Trevor Lawrence to have a great game this weekend. I think he'll keep it. I think he'll keep it tight. But you know what? I think the Chiefs will. Kansas City Chiefs will probably pull away in the end. I do think they'll probably cover that spread. Um, you know, by by nine. Yeah, I think they'll win by nine or ten or so. So, I yes, think I'm I'm, ex, I'm excited for the matchup this weekend. Um, I think it'll be high flying. I do. You know, I if I'm, I'll be advising you to draft your Jacksonville Jaguars later. I will say that. For Justin Herbert, it's a very disappointing season, though. Um, you know, just like, yeah, oh just never gosh. got clicking. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams missed times. It, it just was a frustrating season for Justin Herbert. Can I just say, why hasn't Brian Staley been fired? You fire Joe Lombardi, the offense coordinator. Let me remind you, Brandon Staley calls plays on defense. He played Mike Williams in a game against the Broncos that meant nothing. And the and then the Chargers offense, yeah, they didn't do anything at all in the, in the second half. But when they had the ball, they were leading. Brandon Staley should not be taking good for the Chargers. I don't know why they're bringing him back. Joel Lombardi would, did nothing wrong. And Herbert, he deserves he deserves better. He deserves he deserves far more better. He Brandon Staley should not be the head coach for the Chargers this year. And I just shame what happened to the Chargers. I mean, I thought they were I thought they were going to win the game. And Herbert played well. We'll have the second half, but Staley kind of just I don't know what happened there. I mean. This is this is a talented team when healthy. Like, I I don't know what to think to say other than Brent Philly should not be the Chargers head coach. They should have left him in Jacksonville. 
<laughs> I can't. I can't believe. So you know, firing the offensive coordinator tells me that he's going to be back, right? Like that they, they wouldn't. That, yeah, that's just yeah. the opposite of how it's happened. You wouldn't fire the offensive coordinator, then fire the head coach. Man, that is. Oh. I cannot believe after all the things that Brandon Staley does, just like the boneheaded, like you know, just he goes for it on fourth down when he isn't supposed to. He he, he punts it when he is supposed to. Oh, I just can't believe they're going to bring him back again. As a Chiefs fan, I love it. <laughs> yeah, talk, you talk about analytics. I think they're. I think they went for the fourth down most. In the league in 2021, I remember they came back against the Raiders. The final, the final game of the regular season, like that was also very questionable play one for Brandon Staley. It's like I don't know what to think about the Chargers team. I think Herbert would be a whole lot better if he was um if he was the head coach. If, if, if I'm sorry, if he didn't have Staley as head coach, and, and I always thought that they did Anthony Lynn wrong. I, I thought he was a great head coach. He he did not have he did not have a good roster when he was there for for a few years. He and, and he, he did did them wrong and. It's a lot of a lot of questions are going to be asked for for the Chargers this offseason. Yep, and you know I'm I'm sure you know they have the talent to compete with Kansas City Chiefs. Just got to get a, a head coach in there who can coach. So we'll see if that can happen for them. You know, same thing with the Raiders and Broncos, I suppose. But we're going on to the next one here: Buffalo versus Miami. This game was way closer than ever, anyone anticipated. Buffalo ends up squeaking <laughs> it out, 34-31. Josh Allen, man, he's he's having some turnover problems lately. He had three fumbles. I, was two one or two interceptions? So I two, think it was two. I think it was two interceptions. Yeah, yeah. two interceptions. He only lost one of those fumbles, but man, he just—he's just been erratic a little bit lately. You know, he makes these incredible plays that no one else can make in the NFL. He has this this cannon of an arm, like you know, he can hit, hit a wide receiver streaking seventy-five yards downfield. But then you know, he's just been struggling. You know, with these these kind of boneheaded plays. You know, just so you know, a little bit of Daniel Jones, maybe S from a season ago, having some issues holding on to the football too. Um, you anticipate, you know, it's going up against the Bengals this weekend at TWSN. Everyone is a Bengals homer over there. Um, I'm looking <laughs> for it. You know, I, I'm kind of rooting for Buffalo this weekend. So uh, we kind of roll into that <laughs> chat for some, uh, have some laughs. But um, you think, uh, what, what do you think about that matchup this weekend? I think it's going to be, I think the Bengals can win this game because, I mean, you were not, but Buffalo was supposed to run away on this game. I mean, they were up 17 nothing. I didn't even watch the game. I, 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 was, I was also, I was working, so I didn't watch the game. And then I saw, okay, this is going to be a blowout. And then I see on my phone, it's tied. I mean, Scott Thompson, I mean, he played a great game. And if it wasn't for the end of the game, for that delay game, I think the, the Dolphins would have at least some of the game to overtime. But I think this game against the Bengals this weekend, it's the Bengals, I would give them a fighting chance. I mean, it's going to be a tough environment playing in Bill's Mafia, that, that, that the hospital environment. But but like, like like you said, those Josh Allen turnovers. I mean, he had them a lot lot during the regular season, and um, I think it's going this this is going to be a tough game for the Bills. Going to get a good Bengals team that have won eight games in a row to close the regular season. Yeah, it, you know it's it's inter- it'll be an interesting game. It'll be the game of the weekend for sure. I'm excited to watch it. Like I said, our TWSN brethren will be I'm sure watching with a lot of anticipation. Um, Thompson did play pretty well. You know, he was 18 of 45. Yeah. That's not great, but he did, you know, Waddle did have some drops, um, you know, and just going into the off season, you know, Hill and Waddle, you know, they will be top 10 dynasty wide receivers for me. I did just highlight that sure. Tyreek Hill as a dynasty sell in my most uh, re- recent art. And I am going to be touching on that a little bit later if we have time, but um, he'll be someone I'm shopping this off season. I think it, he gave us a rare opportunity for a 29 year old. He'll be 29 in March. I think he, he's given us a rare sell window because, you know, dynasty people, they're very, they're ages. They don't like anybody about to hit 30. So I think Tyreek Hill is going to have some uh, significant value still left. So I will be uh, looking to sell him, but I still love Jalen Waddle. I think did he, I don't think he got a fair shake this year. He had some bus games, but a lot of those were with Thompson Tua wasn't quite healthy. So I, 
he is still firmly in my top 10. Next game I have up here, the New York Giants versus the Minnesota Vikings. This was an upset. Daniel Jones has been fantastic. This man is making himself millions and millions of dollars every game. Do you have an assessment of his performance, how he's been doing lately? I mean, I'm a Giants fan. I've been following him ever since, ever since this rookie season. I mean, it was what a game he's had, what a year he's had. I think, I think right now, Brian, the Brian Dable effect is going into full fruition. I mean, he's like when he was the offensive coordinator when Josh Allen went with the Bills, and when Josh Allen came in, he wasn't really that good as rookie year. And then he took a huge leap in 19 and 20, and then this past year. And now look at him now as the head coach for on the Buffalo for the New York Giants. I mean, Dale Jones. I mean, he he played so well. He used his legs. I mean, look what he's had at receiving. He he didn't really have any number one or number two receiver, and he's still balling out. And I think this is I think the New York Giants. That this has been a great year. Brian Dable is the I think the head coach of the year, and I think I think they'll keep it close against the Eagles this weekend. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But the bigger story here is the Vikings. I mean, this Vikings team they won thirteen. They won they won thirteen games. They were thirteen to four, 11, 11 to nine, one score games, and Kirk Cousins just could could couldn't do it in in a big time spot. I mean, I mean that that last play of the game, fourth and eight, you fill the ball out of the flat for three yards. You didn't even get the first down. They didn't even really get anything. And then it's and Vikings defense was just playing terrible. But their their run defense, their their secondary was just horrible. And the Giants looked look dominant on offense. And Kirk Cousins, I mean, a lot, a lot of people are going to say that he needs to go. And who knows what's going to happen there? And then, of course, the biggest story, another big story is just just Jefferson not really having a huge game at all. Like he only had seven catches for under fifty yards. So I think this is a huge lot for the Vikings and for the Giants. They have a lot of momentum heading into Philly. I mean, they're playing a Philly team that has a bag of Jalen Hurts, who have, who have, who've lost who've lost two games in a row until winning final game of the season. So, this is going to be a good matchup, I think, for the Giants against the Eagles this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited for that game too. I, Daniel Jones, yeah, he's been on fire lately. Um, yeah, you know, I I do feel bad for Kirk Cousins. I, I you know, I I feel like Daniel Jones already exceeded. If he lost, you know, no one would have cared. I'd been like, way to go, Daniel no. Jones. You know, you had a great season, but Kirk Cousins, man, I feel bad for the guy. He's just going to continue to get criticism now. He played a great game, I thought. Until he didn't, he didn't deserve to lose until that last play when he threw that pass to TJ Hawkinson that was five yards, well, well short, well covered, yeah. like didn't really have a chance. You were expecting TJ Hawkinson line, to yeah. make an incredible play. So that that's tough for Kirk Cousins. And I think he will, he, you know, he will, he deserves some criticism for that. So that that's a tough play for him. You know, the Minnesota Vikings, you know, I think their offense will be great next year, you know, so um, just like it was this year, they'll be one of the top offenses late. Dalvin Cook looks like he is breaking down a little bit it, with this deep free agent class and rookie running back class. I would expect maybe the Vikings to bring in somebody just to give Dalvin Cook a little bit of rest. Justin Jefferson will continue to be the wide receiver one. TJ Hawkinson was somebody that uh, he, and he's been a target machine uh, lately. And I expect uh, that to continue next year, but he, I am highlighting him as in a dynasty cell, another dynasty cell of mine, TJ Hawkinson. I did an article today featuring that. And, you know, it's just the history of the tight end position. You know, um, I, you know, I, it's just, it's just so bad. You know, we have Darren Waller, we have George Kittle, you know, those guys have had great seasons, but then, injuries, not being a consistent part of the offense, being asked to block a little too much, all those things kind of get in the way. Uh, what do you think? Do you think TJ Hawk, you know, do you think, you know, it's not, a, it wouldn't be, you could argue he's the redraft tight end two next year. Do you have any opinions on his next season? I think he'll have a good year next year. I mean, I was surprised that the Lions turned him in division and the Vikings proved that he was worthy asset. He said, I mean, he, he had a good game on Sunday of course, besides not getting the first down on the last play, not like he could, he could do about it. But I think he'll definitely be a top 
like t- top tight end to draft in your fantasy league. I think he's definitely good. I don't, th- I don't think he's on the George Kittle, Travis Kelsey type level yet, but I think he's definitely a stud and the Vikings could definitely need him. And th- hopefully, I-, I-, I don't know what his, his contract status is, but hopefully he comes back to the Vikings. I think right now, right now that's a perfect matchup for the Vikings. Yeah, I, I'd be hard-pressed to think the Vikings let him go after he developed such a quick chemistry with Kirk Cousins, but we will see. I think the, fran- the franchise tag is always a possibility. Next up here, Cincinnati versus Baltimore. Cincinnati was able to squeak it out. Lamar Jackson plays. That could have been a different game. Uh, you know, Bur- Burrow saw, man, he, the offensive, he was getting beat up with the offensive. The offensive line wasn't playing that well. Um, yeah, like I said, it just feels like the Baltimore kind of gave it away at the end there with a Tyler Huntley uh, fumble return for a touchdown. Any quick takeaways from this game? You know, this is the other side of that Buffalo game, and you know, Cincinnati didn't play that great either. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna quote what Jackie Dobbins said: "If Lamar, if Lamar was understand it, they won. They, they would have won." I mean, I mean, I don't know why the Ravens would did a QB sneak like that against a really good Bengals defense at their um at the, at the Bengals on one guard line. They should have gave it off to Jackie Dobbins. It could have been a whole different story. But I think this is definitely a positive concern for the Bengals because. They really often, other than that first start of the game, the offense really didn't play that well. Joe Burrow, offensive line, didn't give him a lot of protection. We, did, we really didn't see a lot of Jamar Chase action. And also, um, that last play of the game, I mean, Holly almost got the ball off to um, to, to a, one of the Ravens receivers in the end zone. That ball was almost caught, too. So, yeah, both of these top AFC teams just did not look good in, in World Cup call weekend. And now they're going to both collide. We're going to see what kind of teams that we see out of the both. But the Bengals... It wasn't. It wasn't pretty. I mean, they they, they didn't cover. The, I mean, I'm not sure if they covered the spread or not, but they only won by seven. I predicted that they would have won by two scores because they they, they used to play each other to close out the regular season back in week 18, and the Bengals dominated. And this is pretty much the same team, and they just didn't look good. And I, I hopefully this Bengals team turns it around because, like like others, I think this Bengals team has a legit chance to go back to the Super Bowl. You know, um, I I hope that doesn't happen. You know, that Cincinnati Bengals has beat the Chiefs three times in a row. So, I, you know, I'm actually – I hope the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals make it because I hope my Kansas City Chiefs get a chance to beat them in the AFC Championship game. A little revenge for <laughs> yeah, last right. season. We'll dive into the last game, though. Real quick, though, if you do like what you're hearing, feel free, uh, please leave us a review. Please uh, like the podcast and give us a subscription. Um, we'd appreciate it. And that last one up here before we dive into the underdog stuff is Dallas versus Tampa Bay. Um, I expected this game to be a lot closer. Dallas ended up pulling away with it. Man, I was hilarious. That, that, man, I felt so bad for Brett Maher. Man, that was epic. Yeah. Four, four missed extra points. That that feels like the story of the game. I'm surprised he didn't get cut today. But um, he will be the kicker, uh, I guess, for the Dallas Cowboys next week. It didn't end up mattering. I thought, you know, it, it would have been really bad for him if, if, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers showed up and that, and that was a close game. But it didn't end up mattering in the end. Um, Dallas seems to got Dak Prescott has had some turnover issues prior to this game, and he seems to have rode in that ship a little bit. You got any assessment of the Dallas Cowboys heading into the next week? They're great. I mean, I thought the Bucs were going to win this game. Tom Brady was 7-0 and entered his game against the Cowboys in his career. He beat him that back in the regular season and gets to Dallas and then and, and also back in 2021. But um, the Cowboys, I mean, Dak Prescott, I mean, all the interception bugs, problems that he's had, he did not look good in the regular season finale against the Commanders, and he had four touchdowns, ran for one. The defense played great. This Cowboys, I think the Cowboys, they, I think they have a, a legit shot at beating the Niners next weekend. But, but I think it shows that if that Prescott does not throw any turnovers, I think this is a really good team. And I hate to say it as a Giants fan, 
But this Cowboys team, I mean, they look they, they looked great last night. They just dominated. Prescott played an amazing game. And boy, I mean, for the Bucks, oof, what's next? I mean, Brady, is he leaving? Is he staying? I mean, it's poking in press conference. What, what, what he was talking, I thought, I thought all signs that he was going to leave, but oof, this is um, definitely um, the Cowboys. I mean, what a showing. I thought it was going to be a lot closer, but the Cowboys, they put, put the league on notice in the playoffs. And also, I think Stephen A. definitely owes um, Stephen Smith definitely owes um, that Prescott's father an apology for um, for for um, <laughs> on first take for saying that his son with their with their two picks because Prescott played out of his mind last night. Yeah, he did play excellent. I'm sure Stephen A. Smith was saying something crazy. I'm one of the you know I have like you know six like Netflix and Hulu whatever subscriptions now, so I hardly get to watch Stephen A. anymore. I don't I don't have cable, but um, I'm sure he's saying something wild. Uh, you know, usually. I am a Cowboy hater. I, I root against the Cowboys on against almost every team they play. I'm going to tell you why I am the biggest Cowboy fan in the world now. We're going to dive into some underdog playoff best ball, but really quick before I get ahead of myself, I'm going to pay do our last round quick of commercials really quick. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So, yes, underdog playoff best ball. I, it is a, you know, I know you don't get on underdogs. So I'll just do a quick explain to you. It's for the playoffs. You know, it started in round one. Uh, you are segmented. It is a, you know, it depends on the tournament. There's 50,000 person tournaments. There's 100,000 person tournaments. You are segmented into six person drafts. You are drafting one quarterback, one running back, uh, two wide receivers slash tight end and a flex position. Um, and you are segmented into these six person pods. You know, you had to factor in things like the first round buy when you it was 10, 10 round drafts. You had to factor in like, you know, you, you drafted Patrick Mahomes in the first round, but he's not going to actually play in round one. And only you're segmented into six person pods and only one or two advance out of that pod each round. So um, we went through this week and I, you know, I've done hundreds of these drafts. I had almost every combination that you could possibly get. And now I am left with so much Dak Prescott. It's absurd. I am the biggest Cowboy fan. If the Cowboys end up making it to Super Bowl, you know, we're all going to Cabo DWSN because I'm going to be a rich, rich man. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case, though. I have so much Dallas Cowboy exposure going into this next round. Um, it's not what I wanted. I'm very I'm, I'm actually very light on Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Um, I wasn't you know, we, you know, you were trying to carry Patrick Mahomes kind of teams and Kansas City chief stacks. You know, and well, that's another thing I'll mention to you. So when you're drafting, it was really important for stacking because you're trying to get you know you're trying to build a Super Bowl matchup you want to you have five starters and you're trying to like and you want five starters in the Super Bowl so you're kind of just drafting mainly between two teams and so you know I, I you know Dak you know the Cowboys were a popular one I have but man it, it I just it wasn't able to carry enough Patrick Mahomes teams through not enough Chiefs in general I did have a 31.5 percent advance rate 
which factoring in some of those one and six advances, I was fairly happy with. Um, so I guess I'll just say, you, so you did say that Dallas has a good chance of winning. You, you know, you think I'm going to be a rich man. You think Dallas has a chance of making it to the Super Bowl? I think so. I mean, okay. I think I think they're a much better team than the Niners when they're healthy and Dak Prescott does not make may make mistakes. I think they're better than the Eagles. I really do because Hurst, like I said, he's kind of he, he's kind of banged up. He's hurt. We'll see how he plays against the Giants this weekend. But um, I think the Cowboys definitely have a chance to make a Super Bowl. They just. I mean, I hate to say what Steve Nance says again and what can go wrong will go wrong, but the Cowboys have to avoid that kind of um, kind of the attitude. I mean, they have the players, they have the pieces to do it. Great defense, great quarterback, great receiving core, great running backs, and great coaching. So, I think they can. But the question is, is um, can Dak Prescott limit the turnovers? And if he and if he did what he did against Tampa Bay on Monday night, absolutely. We will see. I'm very nervous. Um, I do have a decent amount of exposure to Josh Allen and Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was incredible. You know, he, you know, he was a great value pick. You know, he was going to the third, fourth round, you know, ne- next to some pretty good players there toward the end of the season. But I got a lot of exposure before that. So very happy with that. Snuck some Josh Allen through. So if the Buffalo Bills end up making it, I hope they don't. I hope my Chiefs make it. But I'll be doing pretty well if Josh Allen advances to the Super Bowl as well. Among the running backs, I have a lot of Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, uh, able to sneak some Devin, a lot of Devin Singletary in there. I don't know, you know, nothing to do with what he did, but just how the teams worked out. Got a lot of uh, Christian McCaffrey and a good amount of Pacheco and McKinnon for, for, you know, so I didn't get a lot of Patrick Mahomes, but I did get some good amount of Chiefs exposure with the running backs. So that will be interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, this is super fun. The underdog playoff best ball for me. You know, they do that. Um, you know, they the best ball, that's what they're known for, and they do that better than anyone. As far as the wide receivers and tight ends go, Dalton, Schultz, and Lamb, Cowboys exposure. You know, that that's like I said, the Cowboys are gonna be what makes me my money this year. Debo Samuel, a lot, uh, you know, that was an incredible game, you know. Yeah, how, uh, you 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 is that, you know cool. ooh, wow. I can't believe uh, you know, it just didn't seem like you know, Debo Samuel it with him being injured at the end of the year, it just seemed like, you know, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle were developing some chemistry with Brock Purdy. It seemed like Debo Samuel might be taking a backseat. That did not end up happening. You know, do you, do you think it's just going to be boom or bust? You know, just kind of, it's going to be George Kittle one week. It's going to be Debo Samuel one week. It's going to be Brandon Ayuk one week. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Cause I think Brock Purdy, I mean, he has so many receivers and weapons that he can just throw to. I think it's, I think, I think it's going to just mix it in with, like, everyone involved. I mean, as long as – I mean, I don't know. That, that, that's a tough question because I think all these receivers are – and George Kittle is capable of having a huge game. I mean, I'll say I, I think I think Debo Samuel, I mean, he's going up against pretty good Dallas defense. But I think with his speed, with, like, the way that he's in the offense – he's in the 49ers um, scheme on offense, I, I, I think it's boom for him. I think, I think he'll have another big game. Yeah, you know, he. I just, I just question. You know, it seems like every week there's just not enough volume for all three of these guys. So you know, you're just, you know, it can't. Is it a good chance the two out of three are going to hit this week? I think that's a good chance, but um, you know, there's just going to be one guy who might always be left out, especially with Christian McCaffrey taking a, a big workload, which he actually didn't have a huge workload this week. That was probably because um, he was going to take it easy in the second half a little bit. Um, you know, and of course, underdog like those crazy guys do. They just started a, you know, they redid the playoff best ball. So they're starting a playoff best ball tournament in the divisional round too. Um, I haven't done too many of those yet. I'm sure I will be diving into those. But, you know, I, I have, you know, the, the one big thing with that is you now you don't have to worry about the first round by 
Um, now you can just draft your Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles with confidence. Uh, I think you should. I would not be trying to get too cute. I think the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles have a great chance of meeting it up and meeting up in the Super Bowl. Of course, I think that would be something right there. Yeah, absolutely. Cincinnati. How about a rematch from the and Chiefs? That would be something pretty cool too. <laughs> I will absolutely take that as well. That'll be an incredible matchup. I'd rather see a little bit of offense, though. So I'd rather see the Philly or um, Dallas. And I think San Francisco could give the Chiefs some troubles. That's definitely a crazy pass rush. Um, on the NFC side, you know, we're thinking San Francisco. We're thinking um, Philadelphia and, you know, maybe Dallas to a certain extent. You know, it do, does anybody have to you know, Jaguars, New York Giants, um, any of these guys have any uh, hope at all? I think the one thing that has the most hope is probably the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I hate to say that as a Giants fan, I, I just really don't think at some point the Giants are going to falter because, I mean, it's, it's all based on the fact that, that they don't have the skill players on offense for them to um to do well. And their defense is really just kind of iffy. I mean, they blitz a lot, but but still, like, it's still not good enough. I think the Jaguars, it's just, just because they have a whole lot of great players on offense with Trevor Lawrence, of course, Travis Etienne, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. I think they have. I think they have a much better chance of advancing to maybe to Super Bowl. I don't think it will happen. But if I had a pick between the Giants and the Jaguars, it would be the Jaguars. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I don't think it'll be either teams. Here. You know, I would be you know limiting my exposure to those players. You know, I think the other six teams do have a legitimate chance of making it to the Super Bowl. You know, in those playoff best ball, um, the the best advice I can always give the listeners is to you know, reach for those stacks. You know, I don't, you know, I don't care. You know, you want to, you have to be able to get a stack, you know, with, you know, have to be able to play five players in the Super Bowl if you want to win that big money. So, you know, if, if you have to reach for Gabe Davis in the second or third round to get a stack with Josh Allen, or, and you have to reach on Devin Singletary in the third round, you can make up value later. You can draft Travis Etienne. You can draft Saquon Barkley later on in the drafts. And that will give you a chance to make up some points this weekend, but still give your players that are going to be playing in the, in the championship games and the Super Bowl. Um, with that, you know, good luck in those playoff best balls. I'll be giving another update on how my teams are doing next week. We will dive into the underdog battle royale. You know, I'll just explain this to Logan, you know, really quick. And for you uh, n- listeners that are new, um, it is a 50,000 roughly person tournament. I didn't check the exact number this week. Uh, $5 entry, one quarterback, one running back two wide receiver, a tight end, and a flex position, uh, six round drafts, six person drafts. Um, you are in a, you know, you're just, then after the draft, you're just segmented in with all the 50,000 other people, but the draft and your drafters kind of dictate who you're going to get at your exposure to. So, you know, one of my favorite strategies is, you know, you're going to want to play a lot of these battle royale tournaments. It's $5 entry. If you want a chance to win those big money prizes, you're going to want to get a lot of combinations though. You're going to want to do a lot of drafts and be able to get some value picks. One of my favorite things to do for the start off with, though, is do the quarterback tiers because um, no Battle Royale winner has been able to win without a top three quarterback fantasy performance from that particular week. So we are looking for big performances. And you know what? In this smaller slate, we are probably looking for the number one quarterback, honestly, because quarterbacks make up such a disproportionate amount of the scoring in these six person lineups. So my number one quarterback of the week, Patrick Mahomes. He does have the he has the second highest ADP behind Jalen Hurts, but he is my number one quarterback this week. Jacksonville ranks 25th in fantasy points given up to the quarterback position. What are your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes this weekend? I only I think I think he's the top tier quarterback right now heading to weekend because you know 
he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's had a great year. I think he's got the weapons to prove it. And he's and, and he knows the Jacksonville team. He's played them before. I like your pick. Um, so, yeah, give me Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, I like that, you know, he's he's just been, he's been had an incredible year, you know, after kind of, you know, he had a really horrible five game stretch in 2021. Um, we didn't see that this year. There was a couple that relatively down games, but he was still number two in yards per attempt, number two in pressurized throws and still had an outstanding year. Number two in fantasy points per game. Great year. Uh, Josh Allen is next up. Uh, he is third in ADP on the battle royale, but I think he could have a lot of upside this weekend as the Cincinnati Bengals are definitely going to push. Josh Allen, he has seven multi-touchdown interception games this year, three fumbles last week, um, but he still is a top – he's still finished as a top uh, five fantasy quarterback in three of the last four weeks of the regular season. So, you know, he's just – you know, he's disaster, and then he's he's just amazing. So it's it's really – you know, it's tough to see what you're going to get from Josh Allen except for yeah. some amazing plays. Yeah, I agree mean, with you. Like, what kind, of, what kind of Josh Allen are we going to see? Are we going to see the one who – Pretty much, almost had three turnovers last week. Are we going to see the one who absolutely balls out? Because he was my pick when MVP this show. I mean, I thought like he's like he's the man, but like I think it's Bengals defense. I mean, I think I mean I think they're going to use that to um their advantage. I mean, can they force turnovers? Can they force um, more fumbles? Because he's a mobile quarterback. Can they get after him? I mean, I don't know. I think this is I think this is going to be a, a interesting one. But I think it should it should be Mahomes, Burrow. And then Josh Allen for, for the AFC as of right now. And, that's, and then I think Bourne should be fourth one because I think this right now, Joe Burrows, he's had a great year, but I think he had a little more of, of an upside because he takes care of the football. He's, he, I think he's as big as right now, have all the momentum. And Buffalo kind of like, might have almost kind of blew that game against Miami. So it's, this is going to be interesting to see. But I think right now, I, I, think, I think Allen's a, a tier four quarterback heading into this weekend. Okay, I love that. Yeah, we're gonna have a little difference of opinion there. I'm a little bit lower on Joe Burrow. I have uh, my man Trevor Lawrence. We'll, we'll get down to it. I have Trevor Lawrence ranked ahead of Joe Burrow this weekend. Really? Um, yes, I, I I I do not have faith in my Chiefs defense. That's that that that's what that's the argument I'm gonna sell you. Um, next up, yeah. though, before we get into that, before we get ahead of ourselves, Jalen Hurts, number third quarterback. You know he he came back in the last week of the season. He should be fully healthy, ready to go. He is the number one. Uh, head does have the number one ADP this weekend. So he is the first quarterback drafted 13 rushing touchdowns this year. How do you think he's going to do it against the New York Giants this weekend? Well, I think if he plays like he did against a bunch of third stringers against the Giants in the season finale, I think, I think he's going to struggle. But I think if he's healthy, he should have a good game because these two, these two teams met back in December and Hurts balled out. He I mean, they scored 48 points on the Giants. I think he's gonna. I, I think this is gonna be a bit of a challenge because this is gonna be his first real action against a full strength New York Giants team in, in a while. I mean, you got Andre Jackson back, you have even McKee back, and you have Leonard Williams, and this Giants defense blitzes the most on third down. I think. I think Kurt is gonna have. I think Kurt has, has, has a chance to have a really good game. With the Giants defense has to play, has to prepare for that. But I think. I, I think him being number. Him being be number one. I think I think that that definitely is a question. I think right, right now heading into this weekend, it should be Dak Prescott. Dak, I hope you're right. Like I said, I hope you're right about Dak. I hope he has a huge, you know, I hope he has a big week. Um, Trevor Lawrence is my next quarterback up. I I do not have faith in my Chiefs defense. You know, it is Russell Wilson. I have it right here. I was pulling it up. Russell Wilson was the quarterback three, and the quarterback five 
against the Chiefs this year, and he had a horrible year. He, he, he was awful this season, and he was incredible against my Kansas City Chiefs. My, the Chiefs are horrible against opposing wide receiver ones. Christian Kirk's probably going to have a huge day. I, I, I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence will be – you know, you look at the stat sheet at the end of the day, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big day, and that's why he's my number four quarterback this week. Interesting. I mean, I get, I get to see where you're going because, you know, Chiefs defense is definitely not as strong, but – I mean, I, I don't know the numbers right now. I mean, let me look at them. But I'm, but the these two teams did meet back. I believe it was what in week ten where you guys. Yeah, he didn't play together. that well. You're right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. This is a second look at at the Chiefs' defense. I mean, just looking at his stats right now against Kansas City. I mean, he had two touchdowns, but with no picks. I mean, he actually had a really good game. But um, I think this is. I think right right now he. Sh- I think he's. Definitely a tier, a tier below Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, just because those four interceptions made me a little bit nervous. But we'll see. I mean, this. this I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of Trevor tri- Lawrence we're, we're going to get out of him, out of him, because you're heading into a very tough, tough environment. This and plus, this the Chiefs defense had an extra week to prepare for Trevor Lawrence, and I think they'll definitely look up the tape and see what where the Chargers defense went wrong. And giving up and, and, and blowing the huge lead, so I think Trevor Lawrence is 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 is, is in for a, a probably I, I wouldn't say a difficult game, but a challenging one because the, 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 this is not going to be an easy opponent. And you also got to go and you also got to try to go toe to toe with a high powered Chiefs offense. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I you know I I love what you're saying. I hope you're right. I hope that the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know Trevor Lawrence doesn't have that quite a big day. Um, because if I'm right, I think the game is going to be close. Unfortunately, so we will see what happens there. Uh, Joe Burrow is my next man up. He is my quarterback five. Um, and yeah, he he is ADP of fourteen point two. Um, a little bit lucky to win this last week. And um, you know I would have said Buffalo was a tough matchup, but. They just got lit up by the Miami Dolphins. Well, you know, part of that was the turnovers. I kind of feel bad for Buffalo's yeah. defense. Like I didn't get a quite fair shake. But, um, yeah, it, what do you think about the – what do you think about uh, Joe Burrow's chances of success this week? And do you think the, the offensive line is going to play a little better against the Buffalo pass rush? <clears throat> they have to because this, this is a tough Buffalo Bills pass rush. You know, I think I think Joe Burrow had the chance to have a really good game. I think I think I think the think right now the if the Bills defense struggled against a third string quarterback like they did last week, there's no question Joe Burrow's in for a big game. But we, I I don't know what, what kind of defense we're going to get out of the Buffalo Bills because, like we said, I mean the Bengals Bengals offensive line didn't do Joe Burrow any favors last week and they almost lost to Tyler Huntley. So we'll see. You know, the offense has to play a lot better too because they only scored what two offensive touchdowns besides for the. That 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 crazy um fumble turn for a touchdown by Hubbard. So, all the has to play a lot better. Yeah, you know, it's I, I'm hoping for a shootout this week, and I hope it's I hope it's no, over. I, I hope I it goes it. to the end of overtime, so these teams are dead tired <laughs> for my Kansas City Chiefs going to the championship game. I hope it's just I hope it's just like last season with the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills. I hope it's the craziest game ever. People feel like they just played the Super Bowl. And then it's going to be a letdown the next week for him. That's that's my hopes. Uh, my last three quarterbacks I have here are Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, who I hope I'm wrong about. I have him as my quarterback seven, and Brock Purdy. I know he's, he's been incredible, but just listing these other names here, that is the man I am least confident in. Who do you expect out of those three names to have a big game this weekend? 
Give me Daniel Jones. I mean, look, okay. look what he's done. Like, look what he's done. Like the, the last two games that he started. I mean, he's rushing. He had he threw for over, over three hundred yards. He the like, He also ran for seventy yards on seventeen carries. And then, he, and then, then, then against the Colts on New Year's Day, he rushed for two more touchdowns. He threw for two more touchdowns, and the, and then, then it seems like he's almost cooking right now. And I just think right now, like he's seen this Eagles team before. He knows what he has to do to get better. He's limited the turnovers. He's been smart with the football, and he is Brian Dable with him. And I think Brock Purdy should be below Dak only because he's finally – I think Purdy's going to go up against a really good Dallas defense. It's going to be a major test for him. So yeah. I like where you have him right there. So I think Dale Jones has the most success to have a good game because I think he's seen this – because he's seen this Eagles team before. He knows, he knows what's in front of him. And um, I think for the Cowboys, for Dak Prescott – I think he has a better chance to play against Brock Purdy, but he's also going up against a really good Niners defense. That game, I think, has a chance to be a little scoring game, unlike this Giants game, where I think Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts go back and forth. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think the Dallas and San Francisco game could be low scoring. I think these defenses could start teeing off. We did see Dak Prescott have multiple um, turnovers at the end of the season, and I believe like five, five six games, multiple interceptions. So yeah, Dak Prescott was – yeah, he led the league in interceptions, mm-hmm. and he missed five games. Being that, 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 that that's what's telling you about um Dak Prescott, and you're going up against a very scary Niners defense led by Nick Bosa. So yes. there's that too. Yeah. For Brock Purdy, I mean, Brock, Brock Purdy, you have a great you're going up against a great Cowboys defense with with Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons that, that that you have to look out for. So I think for Daniel Jones, I mean, the Eagles defense is, is is good, but I think he's most I, th- I think he's set up most for success. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Philadelphia has been stout against the pass this year, but Daniel Jones gets a lot done with his legs, so I agree with that. Um, that is exactly how I had it, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. Um, going on to the tight end position, it's the exact same. You know, you have to have a big performance for your tight end to win these battle royales. It's almost like you know, you're filling out a lottery ticket almost. You're just trying to hit that perfect combination. Um, tell me when you think I'm crazy. So I'll just have you tell me, stop when I'm crazy. All right, so I have Travis Kelsey as my number one ranked tight end. That's pretty, you know, pretty clear. He has the 5.4 ADP. He's number one in essentially every category. George Kittle has had some big games, number two in tar- uh, just two targets last week, but 22 targets in his final three regular season games, seven touchdowns in his final four games, or final four or five games. I actually didn't write the total games there, so I do apologize, but he did, was on a touchdown streak to end the year there. And then I have Evan Ingram. Any of those top, you know, do you see Dalton Schultz or Dallas Goddard or any of those guys slipping ahead of those three? I don't because um, I okay. think Mitch Chavis Kelsey, I think he's the best tight end in the league. I think Kittle's next to the best. And Evan Ingram, he's had a resurgent year at the Jaguars. He's had a really good year. And um, I think he's found a home there. And he's – and what I and what is with the Giants, I mean, there were flashes of him playing well, but it just never really came with the full fruition. I mean, he's dropped a lot of passes. He's been hurt a lot. And now we're seeing the exact opposite in Jacksonville. I mean, he's not dropping any passes. He's staying healthy. So I think the top. I think you're hitting. I think you're hitting the nail of Brian Falcon. I think. I think right now it should be heading into this weekend. It should be Kelsey, Kittle, and Evan Ingram. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Evan Ingram, man. He's just been a target machine. Yeah, like you know, it's he had a little bit of a wall at the end of the season there. But what eleven targets in the playoff game last week? Uh, 40 I mean, targets in between weeks 13 and 16. Woo. I mean, career high. He, he's had a career high with both receptions 
and receiving yards. I mean, he had 73 catches and 766 yards, and his next highest was 722. So that was probably his rookie year, right? Yeah, that, that was his rookie season, and he was, yeah. he was also hurt that year too. So, too. So yeah, I think I mean, I mean, what a pickup by Jackson. I mean, I was kind of surprised because like, okay, I, I don't know how you're gonna play that well again, play that well with a pretty bad Jaguars team. Now, what like four months later, I mean, it all worked out for him. Yeah, I, I after drafting Evan Ingram in the 11th and 10th round of dynasty drafts every single year for years and then failing of course he would do it now when i stopped doing it so that's just how it goes unfortunately in fantasy football uh, the other three names i had listed here because the other you know uh, not every tight end is significant this week i had uh, dalton schultz dallas goddard and dawson knox that's the order i had it in and, and, and you would would you do it any differently well, not really, because I think I mean, Dallas Card, he was hurt for most of the season. I haven't seen much of Dawson Knox for you free, free to get his head about it. Don't show it. I mean, yeah, he had what? He had what, 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 two touchdowns last night? I think that's, I, I, I think he's, um, I think that's a good list. And then who knows what we're going to see out, out of him, out of these players this weekend, especially um, Dallas Card, because like we said, I mean, he hasn't played in a while. And um, I think if he was, I, I think if he wasn't hurt, for most of the season, I think I think I, I would have put him ahead of Evan Ingram just because the Dallas Carter, like in that in that the Philly offense yeah. is just a match at mid in heaven. But I think just because he's hurt, like we haven't really seen that much out of him at all these last couple of weeks. So yeah, I think I think that that's a, a good a below top three list. Yeah, it's uh yeah Dalton Schultz has been a little bit of a mixed bag. He's had uh, in his last eight games, he's had six, ten, and ten, and nine target games. And then he has five, four, four, and four target games. So you never know what you're going to quite going to get. Um, Dallas Goddard did get 13 targets in his final two weeks. So he was getting targeted. Didn't turn that into very much production, though. And Dawson Knox does have a touchdown in each of his last five games played. Uh, but he does have 20 yards or below in three of those games. So definition of a tight, of a boomer bust uh, touchdown dependent there. Uh, for running backs and wide receivers, I do it a little bit differently. You know, we know why Saquon Barkley is going to have a great week this week. We know why the top guys are going to have a great week this week. So instead of, you know, listen to those guys, I talk about the values at running back and wide receiver. First name I had up here, he is going in the fourth round of underdog drafts. He has a tough matchup this weekend. He hasn't been playing that as well as he was in the midseason this week. It is Tony Pollard. Um, I have, you know, I think he could be a sleeper this game. Um, it is a tough matchup, but we could see some work out of the passing game. He did play 58% of the snaps last night. So he does have a, you know, it's, and he's the one a to now Ezekiel Elliott's one B it does appear, but it is important to note. He has not finished even as a top 24 running back since week 14. So, you know, do you think that we're just seeing committee here? Or do you think it was kind of an anomaly, all those great games he was having mid season? No, because t- t- I mean, Tony Pollard. I mean, he's had a great year. I think he should be the Cowboys' number one in back end. He really did have a good, good, good game last um, against against the Bucks on um, on Monday Night Media. He had seventy seven yards on fifteen carries. He averaged a little over five yards a carry. So, I think we'll see it. I think we'll definitely see a lot of um, Tony Pollard against the Niners this weekend. So, I think he's definitely a sleeper, but I think he's going to have a chance at a big game. I love that. Next up, I have Isaiah Pacheco. You know, where do mm. I, I, I know the Chiefs running? You know, I'm a Chiefs fan. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. But Jacksonville's given up some big performances to Derrick Henry twice, Tony Pollard, DeAndre Swift, uh, McKinnon. You know, he just doesn't. He, I, I get it. He's been a touchdown machine, but man, 
I just, it's hard to trust somebody every week who doesn't get any rushing attempts. So, you know, Pacheco is a highlight of mine. Um, I think he could have some success against the 22nd ranked team against fantasy points given to running backs. What do you think? Hey, I don't know. I mean, this is, um, this, this, this is tough. I mean, I think he'll, I don't know how much action we'll get, but I don't buy him having a big game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a tough, you know, we can play, we can play it a little bit more risky in these. Cause you know, it's a big tournament, you know what I mean? We're trying to get a little different. So um, while everyone else is on Jarek McKinnon, I don't mind taking a little bit of Pacheco and the other guy in this matchup, I told you I'd be highlighting Jacksonville Jaguars, Travis Etienne. He's going in the third round. Uh, so you got to pay up for him, but I still think that could be, um, you know, it, he's just not, he's not getting any passive. You know, the only frustrating part about Travis Etienne is he's not, he was a pass catching running back and we find out, He's actually not that good of a route runner, and his hands are not that great either. He was, he's just electric. In, he's just electric in open space, and that's what that's what Clemson put him in. It's just like let's get him a screen pass, and he's going to run. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's a little, just a little bit disappointing. But he was over 100 yards rushing last week. What 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 do you what are your thoughts on ATN this year? He's been kind of boom and bust. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, and we there were a whole lot of questions like what kind of like because he was hurt all his rookie season, and now look at him this year. He's the true number one. He's a true number one back, and I think he's poised for a huge game this weekend against Kansas City. Because, like you said, I mean your Chiefs defense really isn't that good. And at the end, it's a it's a perfect matchup. And I was surprised that he's not really good catching passes out of the backfield because you know he's electric, he's fast, and I guess he's known for like getting balls out of them out of the backfield, whether it's handoffs or tosses or whatever. But yeah, I think he's in for a big game. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think you're right. I think that's how it's going to go this week. I expect all those Jacksonville Jaguars to have big games. Um, and that leads me right into the next one. We're going to finish up with three wide receivers before we get out of here. My first wide receiver up. You know, not everybody can have a big game. I just know people are going to have big games in, on the Jacksonville side. So I'm taking them, you know, especially when I'm doing multiple drafts. Zay Jones is my first wide receiver up here. Right, uh, yeah. Hot, hot midseason stretch. Um, but he, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a lull at the end of the year, but 13 targets, 74 yards, and a touchdown last week. You know, I think, you know, we could be rolling against Kansas City this weekend. What do you think? I love it. I, th- I think, again, your Chiefs defense, not really that good, especially the secondary. So I think Zay Jones, I mean, he had a, what, a huge game against the Chargers on, on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think he was available. I, I think you take him. He's on PP. He's, um, he's, he's, he's a great offensive pickup, offseason pickup that, that the Jaguars made. Yeah, I mean, he's having a renaissance season. You know, I, I have him. I actually had just had him stash in just a ton of leagues for for some random reason in Dynasty. So, you know, there's 30-man rosters, you know what I mean? So you can kind of get different there. So I have him all. So I was excited to start him at the end of the year. Juju Smith-Schuster is my next man up on the other side of the ball. He's been pretty inconsistent since about week 10. You know, just hasn't been the same. He had a couple really big weeks there. I can't remember if they were week 13 and 14 or 14 and 15. But um, just kind of ever since he had that uh, went out with that concussion about week nine or ten, just hasn't been clicking quite the same. But he is still with Patrick Mahomes. I know Patrick Mahomes is going to have a big game, so it's just a matter of which wide receiver he does. And in the last round of underdog drafts, I think you could do a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, if it's available, take him. I mean, he has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Yeah, so I think I think in the future, yeah, he's been quiet. We'll, we'll see how he fares against the Jaguars' defense. So, uh, I think I think it's poised for a game. Yeah. So, yeah, like that one. And the next, the last one I have up here, you know, who's who's been hot man this week. He's he's being talked about on every show. Isaiah Hodgins. You know, he's really you know he's <laughs> going at the end I of these it. drafts. 
you know, he's, I know he's going to be a name that everyone sees at the end of these drafts, but he, that's, he's still going in the last round. I mean, come on. He had eight targets, 105 yards and a touchdown last week. Say no more. Hodgins has been great for the Giants. And I think he's poised for another big game. So Hodgins, yeah, I mean, he hit his first career 100-yard game. And um, he's, he's really been just one of the best pickups the Giants have had all season. I mean, this team was dead. I, I was surprised that they made no moves at the trade deadline when they traded Rick Davis. Tony thought they were going to get maybe a Jerry Judy or somebody else. But they stuck with what they got, and it's worked out perfectly. They they, they are Hodgins. So, yeah, definitely. Give me Isaiah Hodgins. Probably over Smith Schuster. Why not? All right. I like it. You know, I, I can't. I, I got it. You know me. I'm, I'm a biased Chiefs fan. I got to take my Chiefs, but I definitely respect that opinion. Um, with that, we'll wrap it up here. You know, it was a great show. Logan, what are you working on coming up? I know you got some stuff going on at TWSN. Well, yeah. Baseball season, man, man, it's right around the corner. I'm going to I'm gonna start a new series. Um, we're going to grade all of offseason grades for every team in the in baseball, from the Mets making big moves, from the, of course, the Rangers getting Jacob DeGrom. I mean, they say that as well as the Mets fan. From the Phillies getting Trey Turner, you think he's getting called for down so many big moves. So definitely check out the site and also on my Twitter at Van Dyne Logan. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um TWSN's great for all sports content. You know, it's awesome, yeah. the, yep. And me at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, you know, we got all you covered over there too. So with that, you know, I'll be uh, I'll be working on some stuff that I'll be dropping my DFS threads this week. You know, I'll be dropping some more TWSN articles, some stuff with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we will be back next Tuesday with the Underdog Sports Gambling Podcast Show. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great night.